Well, thanks, Danny. As he said, my name is Jake Vaughn. I'm one of the junior high associates here, along with Grace down here in the corner. I'm sure you guys all know us. And we are so happy to have Danny back with us. I know Grace and I are very happy to have him back, and I'm sure you guys are too. Um, so thank you for being here tonight. Specifically, thank you for being here at Next Junior High. I guess we're clapping for Danny or something. Let me pray for us quick, and then we're going to get going. Lord, we, uh, we're so grateful for you, Jesus. We're so grateful that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, that you so graciously love us and that you faithfully love us, Jesus, and you walk through this life with us, God. You just want us to love you back. So Holy Spirit, I invite you in this place tonight, Jesus. Just fill us up, Lord. Pray that your words will come out of me and fill the hearts of these students, Jesus. So I pray all this in your name. Amen. All right, so as Danny said, last week we kicked off our new series called Storytime, and he gave you kind of the brief in intro of what it is. We are all story creatures. We have all lived through hard stuff. We've all done some cool stuff, and that all shapes us into who we are today. And I had the privilege of starting us off in Genesis last week, sharing the creation story along when sin entered the world. And I stress over and over that the creation story is one of, if not the most, important stories of all time, considering the fact that had it never happened, none of us in this room would be here today. And I left you off with three points to remember, and those three points were this, and I hope you guys remembered them, or at least took them to heart a little bit. It's that you were created by God, you were created on this earth with and for a reason, and that there's hope in the midst of your sinful behavior, and that hope is a relationship with Jesus. So this week, I'm going to share a different story um, but first, I want you to understand something. In every great and amazing story, there is a specific hero. And that hero comes in with one goal in mind, and that goal is to conquer evil and save the day. So tonight, I'm going to be sharing you a hero's story and journey from one of my favorite movies of all time. Some of you may have seen it. Some of you probably not. And that movie is Star Wars. Um, personally, it's my favorite movie series ever. I'm a diehard fan absolute nerd for it, so I can talk about it all the time and go really in-depth. Um, so whether you've seen those movies or not, I'm going to kind of walk you through the plot of the whole series in like a really broken down, not detailed version, just so you guys can get the overview of what is going on in case you have not seen it. So the movie ultimately is about a fight between good and evil. It's the heroes who are the Jedi versus the, uh, the, the evil who are the dark side and the Sith. The main character in the series, Anakin Skywalker, plays the biggest role. And he's, he's only in the first three movies before he's moved on. And he's found by two master Jedis and was said to be the chosen one. So a long time ago, there was a prophecy in that movie saying that the chosen one was to bring balance to the force and destroy the evil Sith and the dark side as a whole. Anakin was taught the ways of the force and of the Jedi and quickly became one of the most powerful Jedi of all time. But he faces one problem throughout his journey. He has a constant mental battle between good and evil. And while he's going through this, facing all these temptations and these trials from the dark side, his master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, is encouraging him to turn back to the truth and the knowledge of the Force. And later on in this story, Anakin is enticed by their supreme ruler. His name is Chancellor Palpatine. And he buys into the lie that the Jedi are evil and that he needs to wipe out every Jedi in existence. He gave in to the, in the temptation and the, and the evil that was offered. And what people thought would be the chosen one that would save them 
ultimately tricked them and is now ruling over them with an evil and heavy hand. Anakin went from a powerful, great Jedi to the evil ruler known as Darth Vader. But the story doesn't end there. Before turning to the dark side, Anakin had a son named Luke. Luke grew up as a farm boy on the desert planet of Tatooine with his aunt and uncle living a pretty normal life until one day he's greeted by an old man named Ben Kenobi. Ben was also Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke's father's master. And Ben had the same sense about Luke that he did with Anakin, that he'd be the chosen one. So he trained him in the ways of the Force, teaching him the Jedi skill, and brought him to fight against the Sith. So Luke's main goal, going alongside Ben, was to defeat the evil ruler, Darth Vader, and take darkness head on. He did that. He came in, he fought evil and darkness, and he won. So Luke is the hero in this story. He came with a purpose to conquer evil and free the people from their captors. So the plot of this story sounds a lot like the gospel story. Anakin is like Adam. He was supposed to be the chosen one that would set the people free and be this perfect thing, but he bought into a lie that the very people that were trying to help him were against him. Now, Luke in this story is like Jesus. He came in when people needed him most and fulfilled the prophecy as the chosen one and defeated the dark side and set the people free. Now, last week we learned that Adam was created to be perfect and sinless, but along with his wife Eve, they both bought into the lie that Satan had to offer, therefore bringing sin into this world that was supposed to be a perfect, beautiful world. But God knew that from the beginning there would be redemption through his son, Jesus. In Genesis 3.15, which I spoke on last week, it says this. God is speaking to Adam and Eve in the garden after they had just sinned. And he, he's basically prophesying, saying, what's going to happen in the future? And he says, and I will cause hostility between you and the woman. And between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. He knew all along from the beginning of time that his son would come and set his people free. So that's what I'm going to be talking with you guys about tonight. How Jesus was sent to this world to live a sinless life, how he died on the cross, but ultimately how he rose from the dead, giving us our freedom and hope in him. So in the hero story of Jesus, I'm going to be specifically focusing on the resurrection, which is talked about in the book of 1 Corinthians. Now, this isn't the direct account of what happened in the gospel stories, but this, this is coming from the point of view of the apostle Paul, how he's been here years after the actual resurrection, and he's saying how without the resurrection, the gospel would never exist. How we have hope as, hope as humanity because Jesus proved his existence through his resurrection. And when he rose again, defeating the enemy and death and ultimately giving us eternity in heaven with him to look forward to. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to be preaching from the book of 1 Corinthians. And for those who don't know about the book of 1 Corinthians, it comes from the Apostle Paul, who is writing this message to the people of the Corinthian church as sort of like a wake-up call. So these people were blatantly living sin-filled lives. There was division in, the, division in their church, and they were just kind of missing the point on everything that they have been taught. So Paul wrote this to them saying, like, this is what God has intended for you. This is how you should be living. And he's backing it all up with Scripture along the way. So if you have your Bible with me, or if it's on your phone, if it's on your phone, please just stay in the Bible app. I don't want to see any TikToks or Snapchats or whatever. Open up to 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 3. I'll give you guys to get there. And once I see that, some, that most of you are there, we'll get started. All right, I think 
You guys almost there? I see some people there. All right, I'm just going to get going. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 says this. I passed on to you what was important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scriptures said. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scriptures said. So this scripture is pretty straightforward. Paul basically just lays out the facts of what happened. Jesus Christ came as a human. He died for our sins, was buried, and three days later, he rose again. Now, later on in this chapter, Paul talks about the resurrection of the dead as believers and the resurrected bodies that us believers get to look forward to when we enter into heaven. So if you're a note taker, if you like to write down notes, this is my first point for you guys tonight. Because of the, re- the, because of the resurrection, we have victory over death and evil. In verses 21 to 23 of this chapter, it says this. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. So let me just break this down for you guys to understand and and kind of figure out what Paul is trying to say here. So in verse 21, he mentions that death entered the world through a man, and now resurrection has entered from another man. And last week I preached that Adam and Eve were given a specific task from God to not eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they did, which caused sin to enter this world. But the good news in this verse is that because Jesus was raised from the dead, we also have a chance at being resurrected with Christ, going from death to life. I loved in verse 22 how he explains that because of sin, we are all destined for eternal death. But through Jesus, we have a chance at eternal life with him in heaven. Because Jesus rose from the dead, the gospel was created. Not only did he conquer death, the grave, and sin itself, he did it so we can experience the truest freedom from the grips of sin while we are here on this earth. Now, the story that I mentioned earlier about Star Wars, the perfect chosen one that people thought they were going to receive, was quickly and horribly ruined when Anakin bought into the lie that the dark side had to offer. But there, was res- but there was restoration and redemption in the return of the Jedi when Luke, his son, came and defeated the dark side, claiming victory over evil and the enemy. In the same way, sin entered the world through Adam, but was defeated when Jesus rose from the grave. And because of this, we have victory over Satan. Because Jesus died for us, we have hope. Now, my second point is because of the resurrection, there is a source of life and power for us now. So again, because of the resurrection, there is a source of life and power for us now. So what exactly do I mean by this? As I mentioned earlier, the gospel would not be a thing had Jesus never resurrected. I'm going to keep saying this over and over because the resurrection is like not the official cherry on top, but it's kind of like one of the main points of the gospel story because had that not happened, his death would have been pointless. Because of this, we have the free gift of grace and the opportunity to walk in freedom with and for Christ and spend eternity with him in heaven. That's all because of the resurrection. We have the motivation to live for our perfect and loving king. He gives us his motivation through his Holy Spirit. 
And friends, following Jesus is a daily choice. We get to and we have the privilege to wake up every single day and choose Jesus. But unfortunately, that since we do live in a fallen, sinful world, it's not always that easy just to wake up and do that. It's always so easy to give in to the enemy or give in to the dark side or buy into the lie that people have for you. However, we should long to follow Jesus. We should have a deep desire to fall flat on our face and surrender to the king who died for you. In the passage that I read earlier, it said that sin entered the world through one man. Yes, when Jesus was died for us, sin was completely defeated. But that doesn't mean that sin is just gone. Jesus paid the price for our sins, so now it's our turn to honor him by the way that we live and not to give in to the things of this world that are offered to us. Hey, guys in the back, you guys are being really distracting. I don't like to have to stop, but let's focus up, all right? Keep your shirts on back there, too. I see you guys, like, lifting them up. So 1 Corinthians 15, 30 to verse 34 says this. And why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people of Ephesus, if there was no resurrection from the dead? And if there was no resurrection, let's just feast, for tomorrow we die. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrects, corrupts good character. Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. So those last, like, three lines in that chapter, or that, that verse, are, are really powerful. Bad company corrupts good character. Who you guys surround yourself with corrupts who you become. It affects who you become. If you're surrounding yourself with people who always bring you down, you're going to be like that. And he doesn't just say to stop sinning, but keep doing the one thing that you think is really fun. No, he says, think about what is right and stop sinning, period. Like the, the sentence ends there, stop sinning, period. Not stop sinning, but. He was saying that because the people of, of Corinth back in the day, they would say that they're one way, but their actions and their lives would just not reflect at all what they are preaching. Now, Paul explains this perfectly to live this life as if it is almost over. We do not know the hour or the day that we might die. Believers in Jesus know that life continues in heaven after we pass away here on this earth, but life on this earth is just a preparation for what will never end. Friends, what you do now and how you live today matters. Sin is a problem and a gamble that every single human faces. We all face sin every single day. Like, almost like every hour of the day, we're faced with something that we can either do that's God-honoring or not. Will you be like Anakin in Star Wars and give into what evil the world has to offer, sacrificing everything that is planned out for you through Jesus? Or will you accept the freedom that he has so freely gifted you through his sacrifice and resurrection that you have the hope of eternity ahead? Now, this brings me up to my third point of the night. Because of the resurrection, there's a promise of future hope for the whole world. Now, there's a promise in future for the whole world, and the promise is this. I shared a bit about it last week towards the end of my message, but I want to hit on it again. We have, we have the opportunity to look ahead 
at spending eternity with Jesus. We have the hope that we are forgiven for our sins. We have the hope of being resurrected with Christ when he returns in the utmost glory and majesty. We have this hope because of his death and his resurrection. Towards the end of the chapter in verses 51 to 55, Paul writes it out like this. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, but we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye, when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? So think about those last few words in that passage in chapter, or in verses 54 and 55. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? When Jesus came out of that grave on the third day after he was dead, death no longer had power over anybody. Yes, we all eventually die, but because of Jesus' resurrection, we have eternity to look forward to, that we too can be raised from our grave with him in honor. Now, that doesn't mean that we're just going to get up and after we die and walk around. No, we're going to have the hope of heaven with him. And yes, heaven's amazing, but live as if it's here. We must live today as if Jesus is returning at any moment. When the trumpets of heaven play, it will be too late. There will be no turning back if you have not been in a relationship with Jesus. So live this life with a longing and a desire for Jesus. Live as if he's physically here with you in this room. Jesus' spirit is here right now. Yes, he is present. But I literally mean live as if he is standing right next to you right now, in the flesh. You can see him. How will that change the way that you live? How will that change the way that you talk to your friends or your parents or your siblings? It's going to be amazing when we get to go to heaven, but why not live as if heaven is here with us? Jesus conquered death in the grave so that we can be in a relationship with him and live with him hand in hand. When I finally realized in my own life that Jesus had actually done for me, everything changed. When I stopped buying into the lies that the world and the people I thought were my friends had to offer and believed the truth and promise that Jesus had for me, my life was radically changed. I went from someone who thought I had everything together. I was popular. I was a varsity athlete. I like had so, much, so many good things going on in my life and then just hit rock bottom. I had nothing else going for me. My friends weren't on my side. My family was the only thing that was with me and Jesus was the only thing that was with me. He was the only thing that was 100% constant. He filled the spots in my heart that my family, the closest people in my life, could not fill. He came in and changed my heart and changed my desires. He rescued me from my darkness and my sin, and I put my old life behind me, and I fully ran full speed to the cross and fell at his feet and surrendered and said, Lord, I need you. This all happened because Jesus had a plan from the start back in the Garden of Eden and then when he was on the cross and then when he rose from 
the dead. And now I have the hope to be resurrected with him in glory when he returns. Now, I cannot stress enough that there is hope for each and every one of you. But this hope does not just come out of nowhere. It doesn't just go like poof and it's here. No, it has to come from your heart. It has to come from within. You have to believe it. You have to live it. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. He will take you in and invite you into his kingdom and invite you into this royal family that he has to offer. Jesus loves each and every one of you so much. So much so that he died and he conquered death for you. For every one of you up front, for every one of you in the middle, for every one of you in the back, he specifically thought of you when he was stepping out of that grave, when he was taking the whips on his back, when he was taking the nails in his hands and his feet. He wants so badly to be in a relationship with you, and he so badly wants you just to take his hand, trust him, and believe in him. So to wrap everything up tonight, I want to leave you with this one big idea. The gospel story, the story that Jesus lived, that Jesus died, and that Jesus rose again is all a thing because he conquered the grave, because he resurrected. He wants your heart, and he desperately wants you to long for him and to want him. Take his hand and trust him. He satisfies our every need. He satisfies our every desire and fills every void in our heart. When I was empty and so broken, he filled me. When I thought the only thing that could fill me up were my friends or how people liked me or if this girl liked me, he filled me. And he told me that I, had a, that I have a purpose. He reminded me that I matter and that popularity doesn't define me, that if I'm accepted by this friend group, it doesn't define me, that if I make this basketball team, it doesn't define me. But what defines me is if my trust is in him and if I love him. I don't have to worry if he loves me because I already know that he loves me because he proved that by dying for me. So I'm going to wrap up and pray for us quick. And we're, we're going we're gonna to continue this night. But Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for everybody here, Jesus. Thank you for having a plan from the very beginning for each of us, God. And thank you for conquering death on our behalf. Lord, I pray for each of these students as they go on with their week, Lord, leading up to MEA break, that they can just run hard and go hard until they get a break, Jesus. Pierce the hearts of these students, Lord, and just let them know that they're loved, Lord. So we love you, Jesus, and we just worship you, God. And I pray all this in your name. Amen.